before we get started, got to send some love out to the fantastic Reset Podcast people. I asked them to do a promo and they were like, Sam, he's got the most sensuous voice imaginable, which makes me want to just make it all squeaky just to kind of prove their point inaccurate. But fantastic people, love them so much, Michael and Tegan. They are just such wonderful, dorky banter. I love it so and in terms of my own collaboration, super hype train, awesome episodes coming out. We did talk about Life is Strange Before the Storm, which was hilarious chaos. But the ones I'm really excited for, Golf Story, already did an episode. Just me and Pete just jamming about this amazing, crazy golf RPG thing coming out for the Switch. And the game that I'm most hyped for this year, and without Hyperbole... Most hyped for, just in life, the music mixing card game Drop Mix. We're going to be doing an episode on that August 21, so tune in. It is going to be fantastic. We're going to have Andrew from The Inconsolables and Tiger, so, you know, the guys from the trivia thing. And it's just going to be amazing. I just want to gush about this game so badly. And we're going to be gushing about other games badly start the show just start the fucking show hello everyone and welcome to vivid number 17 entitled deep cuts we're going to be talking about abzu and we're going to be talking about resynth very excited for some of these stuff, blah, 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 blah. I'm just, I mean, I'm kind of in awe of the fact that the last episode, which was the trivia quiz episode, went so well. Thank you to everyone for your support. And yeah, the, the podcast got to like number 14 on the Australian charts for games and hobbies, and it's insane. It's so hard to believe. I'm so thankful. Uh, and let's just get on with the show, how about we do that? So, so let's talk about some of the stuff that I have done. There is quite a bit, so all the links to all this stuff, of course, will, as always, be in the description. So, first off, we have Zygote. It's a cool little body horror thing, man. It, it, it reminds me a lot of the thing but with a lot more explicit body horror so the body horror is kind of the standard giant creature humanoid figure made of lots of different you know human body parts kind of thing uh very cool looking very kind of creepy and gross and stuff and i love that kind of thing secondly Another short film that I was amazed just kind of got announced. It just kind of happened, I guess. And that is The Space Between Us. I have wanted to watch this for so long. I had like a month where I was just crazy searching for a a link to watch this. The CGI, like as much as people kind of rag on CGI, the CGI in this is amazing. They made a character which is kind of a merman, but not your standard kind of, you know, the top half is human, the bottom half is fish. It's like a legit 
humanoid like if like humans have evolved to live in the sea kind of thing like it is humanoid but with a tail and there's just bioluminescence up the wazoo and it just looks freaking cool uh so like i originally found it through cgi's thing and some of the stuff that they were doing in this was amazing so i very much suggest checking that out uh as for full-length films spider-man homecoming cool just dorky awesome fun i found it a little bit jarring at points because there is just this whole thing where some of the time it's like i'm gonna kill your family and stuff which doesn't feel like it fits but otherwise pretty good i'd say it's pretty good it, it it's i i'll be honest i don't watch tons of superhero films like i love superheroes but i i'm kind of more of a character person so i'm not i'm not burnt out in that whole thing so this was this was pretty good uh, i also saw baby driver if you have not seen that edgar wright directed it so you know so he did like hot fuzz Shaun of the dead that kind of stuff so it's fairly comedic but it's also very actiony it's very it, it's got some dramatic points in it it's it's pretty good all round i mean it's the music in it is fantastic it feels less like there are car chases and more like there's just choreography with cars you know over the soundtrack awesome 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 stuff so i would totally recommend that on the front of games so i'll i'll put right out there and say i didn't play a lot of it so you know feel free to take my criticism with a grain of salt uh, Lawbreakers, the beta, I mean, the whole idea of the game is that it's supposed to be this free-flowing, zero-G combat. For me, and I only really played through the tutorials, I couldn't really find a character that I felt that I enjoyed enough. Like, th there were a few characters, there was one character that I really liked the mobility of, but I found her attacks really weak and kind of pointless. You know, it, it, it was just a case of I didn't find anything that was so amazing that I was like, oh shit, I gotta buy this game now. Uh, and, you know, I'm not gonna deny that part of that is, yes, Overwatch. I love Overwatch so much and, you know, it, it doesn't go anywhere near that in terms of like, I, I expected it could go somewhere near that in terms of traversal. Didn't really. So, yeah, it, it wasn't really worth... And, and truth be told, as much as it may seem like, oh, you're just comparing it to Overwatch, that seems like a bit un like an unfair comparison. Keep in mind that Overwatch is... as I mean, let's go through the mind bank. No, it, it, it's basically the only online multiplayer shooter that I have really ever played. Like, I've played... You know, some Call of Duty just at a friend's house, but I didn't enjoy it. I've played a bit of Lawbreakers, you know, now. Uh, you know, and, and a bit of GTA. But, like, in terms of actually having, like, a battle... Like, a, like I don't want to say a battle arena, because then people think I'm saying that Overwatch is a MOBA. It's not. But, you know, having this enclosed space with characters with different classes and different abilities. I mean, Overwatch, I think is kind of this game that not only has such a crazy diversity, but especially, you know, if you play it for enough, you you just in like can run off intuition 
with so much of it, which does make it harder to get into new ones. But the thing is, I'd be willing to if there was something that was so worth my time, like really cool ZRG combat, but I didn't feel that with what I play, what little I played of Lawbreakers. So, I don't know, maybe. Uh, uh, but another one that I actually got quite a bit invested in, and I'm kind of annoyed because I was going to do a review of it, but as we'll get into, I, I'm not at the moment, is There Came an Echo. So that came out a while ago. The central idea of it is, you know, it's a tactics game, but it's a tactics game in which you can do everything through voice controls. And yes, there are some people who have kind of asked me when I've talked about this, like, could, well, that seems unreliable. Can you use a mouse? You can use a mouse, mouse if you're, you know, a square or whatever. Uh, but I found it much more fun with the voice thing. You know, it is one of those things where you do have to get, like, all the levels right. Otherwise, it's you're going to have a bad time. But it, it, it was really cool. It, it, it's kind of a fairly simple, you know, they have little waypoints that you can say, like, Corrin, go to Alpha 1. And you can say, focus your fire on target number 8 kind of thing. I, I imagine, you know, because this is my first tactics game, I can't exactly say. It feels like it's fairly stripped back. And it, it, it was pretty good because there's there's a certain amount of tension in making sure that you're giving the correct orders and clear orders and all that kind of stuff on top of the fact that you're doing a strategy game. Having said that, there was a difficulty spike that came, I think it was in the eighth mission, where it just went from, you can take as long as you want, you know, you have limited recharges, but you can totally take your time on this, to you now have like a legitimate time limit. And if you go over that time limit, all the robot tyrants are gonna kill you like within five seconds. So that was, enough of a spike that I was like, I legitimately don't want know what you want me to do, I haven't finished the game, and consequently, I'm not reviewing it, because I prefer to finish games before I review them, so, like, I might draft up a review and edit it a bit based on how my opinion changes, but, I mean, I, I, I'm so annoyed, actually, because I, I'm actually probably going to be a little bit behind the schedule I was hoping to keep because I spent so much time in this game and was then unable to review it. So, yeah, we're not talking about that today. I might talk about it in a later episode, but suffice to say there are so many fantastic games coming out that that's probably not going to be for a while that I'm going to have an opening where I'm like, yeah, let's talk about old games kind of thing. So... Let's move on to the news. Oh my god, we've been talking for 12 minutes on things. I always feel nervous that I'm talking too long and stuff. So, news. The main thing we have is San Diego Comic-Con happened. Let's just race through it. Thor Ragnarok looks fucking awesome. Justice League. I am so nervous because I haven't enjoyed a DC feature film since Dark Knight, including Dark Knight Rises because I didn't like Dark Knight Rises. But this, uh, man, it looks cool. It kind of feels like, at least to a certain extent, they've realised that they're being too serious and they're trying to sort of lean into, like, uh, uh, we're gonna, you know, isn't this epic kind of thing? Which, it'd be nice if there was some comedy, but at least if you're like, isn't this epic, that's at least a bit further 
towards the the levity end of the spectrum than you know oh, i'm so unhappy my mother is also named martha you know that kind of bullshit uh and stranger things use thriller in this trailer and it's just it's just freaking awesome as for some things that might be a little bit uh, more left of center bright from netflix kind of looks like a buddy cop thing but it's buddy cop with traditional epic fantasy elements so it's in new york city but it's new york city where there's orcs and elves and stuff and the main kind of object at the center of the plot is these cops find a magic wand and like everyone's attacking them to try and get it kind of thing so that's awesome in humans here's the thing does it look stupid yeah it kind of looks fucking stupid like i actually even remember seeing the poster art and being like that just that like medusa just looks weird like her head just looks completely just like it's been sticky taped on kind of thing and for the most part i'm 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 not super excited but also they've got lockjaw and if you don't know who lockjaw is he's a freaking giant teleporting space pug so yeah i'm probably going to do the same thing that i did with uh the defenders or wait no not the defenders the the other one wait legends of tomorrow fuck why did that take me so long to to find that oh my god and also i completely forgot that yeah um yeah so i imagine this is going to be a lot like legends of tomorrow where i just watch all the episodes with uh citizen steel in it but in this case, I watch all the ones with the, if I may reiterate, freaking teleporting giant space pug. So, yeah. I'm, I'm excited for, for like, one character in that. The, I mean, the rest are kind of like, eh. It's a, you know, it seems vaguely Games of Thrones-y, but with superheroes, which, I mean, I don't really like Game of Thrones. Even though, truth be told, part of the reason I don't like it is because of a lot of the elements that would not be present in a superhero show so anyway all that aside uh freaking giant teleporting space pug oh so we've also had american horror story cult be revealed Uh, i really don't know how to feel about it i'm i'm so torn when it comes to american horror story in general because i loved the first two seasons the first the third season was all right and the rest you know, I've I've been I've been disappointed by the show a lot because if all else fails, most of them have bad endings, in my opinion. You know, they're way too positive, given that these are, you know, like about depravity and stuff, and then it's just like and then we just became a happy family. It's like, no, you don't become a fucking happy family. You all got murdered and now you're ghosts. You can't be a happy family. You have to at least have some level of turmoil. Yeah, so I've been constantly disappointed to the point where I legitimately haven't watched all... I'm, I'm like halfway through the last... the most recent season. So that was um, American Horror Story Ragnarok. Um, not Ragnarok. That's fucking Thor. American Horror Story Roanoke. I got like halfway through it and I was just like, I just don't really care enough. And I kind of want to finish it now just so I can kind of go into cult fresh. Uh, the other problem is, if you don't know, it's about, and and keep in mind that this is called American Horror Story Cult now, it's about the election. So, I mean, I, I was already a bit iffy about them doing an American Horror Story on the election. Uh, not, not because, you know, I support Donald Trump or anything fucking crazy like that, but just because 
I don't know, it just seems kind of tacky to do that. And then to be like, it's about a cult. It's like, that just seems just unnecessary. Not unlike, you know, some of the other seasons that I've hated. Like, in fact, if I can draw a comparison, I compare, you know, the idea of cult to Freak Show, which was my least favourite season. I mean, it just seems... I don't see how that can really be that interesting like it doesn't feel like anything new it's just like oh yeah we're in a cult you know some of us are fucked up you know it it doesn't seem like a you know fertile soil to create a good story but i mean i'm honestly at the point where i i want to see a good season of it but i'm becoming less and less convinced that it's going in 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 any way a direction that i want to see the show go. and the final two things titans is filming and i'm excited i really want titans to be good it would be so awesome to get a really good live action teen titans especially since i've got beast boy on even though i don't know you know how well they'll do him as a character i feel like beast boy is always underserved because he's the comedic character i feel like there are so many characters like that that are underserved because you know they're just supposed to be the comedic relief they can be deep interesting characters and also be funny guys just like me i'm deep and interesting and funny so yeah i really hope they do a good job of it and young justice season three oh man i really hope that this is good young justice back in the day was my shit it got me into in a sense fandoms like it, it was i i definitely been a geek before then but it was the first time i became aware of you know fandoms and community and got interested in cosplay so it holds a very special place in my heart having said that after the first season eh it sucked because they introduced Beast Boy in the second season and the second season if nothing else started off shit it got sort of better the finale was trash like I I had up until that point done weekly episode reviews and I just didn't for that because it was just so bad that I was just like I don't want to like have this be the final thing I say about Young Justice because it was really disappointing yeah I hope so much that season three will be better unfortunately they're doing a time skip which I don't think served uh the transition from season one to season two well and I'm not convinced that it will necessarily be good but we'll see so one thing that's fairly new that I kind of wanted to add in that's pretty awesome is that we could potentially be seeing esports being added to the list of recognized sports for the olympics so basically what got the ball rolling on this is that it has been announced for the asiad which is kind of the asian games and so basically the same year as the commonwealth Games. so there is one coming up that is going to be held in china in 2022 and they have included esports and for that reason it has been suggested that the upcoming 2024 olympic games in paris may choose to include that obviously you know it's only just been announced that that's potentially going to happen but i mean that that's so exciting i do understand and i am curious as to what the public reaction will be to this because obviously 
esports is growing in viewership and in excitement, but it is also very different to traditional sports. It's not as physically... It's interesting because I know some people will be like, oh, you're just sitting doing whatever... I mean, it's it's very it's interesting, you know. It's it's one of those cases where most of the arguments that you come up with might not actually work, you know. The is it physically involved somewhat, even though it's not recognised as an Olympic sport. Many people consider you know car racing to be a sport, though. Like equestrian, for the most part, is. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to bash equestrian or anything. But it's it's mainly about just kind of maintaining posture and that kind of stuff. So it is a weird, not 100% clear line between the things. But I think there's a very big kind of cultural line. You know, because most of the people that don't like sports may have an interest in esports because it's a very different viewership, I guess. And and. I don't know. I think either way, the idea that esports, even though I personally am not invested in esports, the fact that it is becoming part of the mainstream, I think is really cool. It's a really awesome step forward. And especially for the the people, you know, the athletes who train with these games and learn absolutely everything there is to learn about them to be potentially recognized on like or it's already on a world stage but specifically under the spotlight of the olympics that would be insanely cool and i really hope that that is what ends up happening either way the fact that we now have esports at the asian games obviously it's not worldwide and stuff but that's still quite an achievement So, hopefully things only go up from there. And finally, the last thing that I wanted to mention, and I kind of like the idea of doing this more often. Obviously, there won't be as much news or as much stuff preceding it, so it probably won't be uh, dragging things out as much. But I'm, I'm thinking of kind of doing like a, almost like a small editorial section as the last thing I do for the news and the one that I wanted to mention I wanted to mention a few things so on the positive end of this topic Overwatch has released Doomfist new character he's completely shifting the meta is is presumably you know shaking things up it's a really good update I really love Overwatch with them adding characters and them doing their events, you know, people will obviously say they're just getting people in for loot boxes. I, I mean, I agree. I'm not going to deny that they're trying to get money out of people. They're a company. May or may not be shady, but I'm I'm willing to accept it. And I, I think they do a very good job with character stuff. And I think it's very exciting when we do see these updates. And that's kind of what this topic is all about. Because... One of the things that I noticed as I was going through some of the gaming news sources that I go to kind of find some interesting stories is that there have been a lot of updates that to me at least don't really feel as genuine. The reason is, I guess, that 
when it comes right down to it, we have a bit of a problem, I think, with game developers who are of the mindset that if you update something, then, you know, tons of people are going to be flocking to your product. So, for example, we saw Metal Gear Solid 5 get an update. Yeah, it came out the 1st of September 2015. So, without putting too fine a point on it, except for people who are, you know, dedicated fans of this game and are going to be sticking around and just talking about it for ages and ages and ages, like, it's pretty reasonable to say, I think, that people stopped really talking a lot about Metal Gear Solid 5, basically at the end of 2015, when people were talking about Game of the Year and that kind of stuff, because, not not because it's a good, because it's a good or a bad game specifically, but because, especially with gaming, the news moves fast. Overwatch, it is staying relevant, but it's staying relevant because it is getting constant updates, because there are constantly events that are happening or are being announced to happen. Whereas Metal Gear Solid Five, who is, who has recently added, you know, like you can play as Ocelot now. I I find it so confusing when we have updates like this because I don't know what the developer actually wants. It feels like the developer, you know, Konami, as great as they fucking are, have this mindset, kind of almost like an incredibly extended, exaggerated version of the patch mentality of, you know, send it out, patch it later. They, I feel like they have this mentality that if you update the game, people are necessarily going to flock to your game. Your game is going to be talked about again it is going to be relevant again other you know people recently do that kind of thing we've had just cause 3 just announced just just announced that they are doing multiplayer and you know the question i immediately have is why the fuck now this is such an old game nobody is talking about it very few people are playing it why now? It, it reminds me concerningly of the the whole debacle of No Man's Sky of, oh yeah, here are all the features that we're going to have, they have none of it, and then they go, oh, there's a big update soon, get excited, wink, wink. No, you can't fucking do that. You can't just say, well, we're going to put all the features in now after everything has been said and done, after people have their established opinions and have forgotten about it, you can't just put it back in. It's not something that you get, you know, a, a mystical second release because you've added more features. And I feel like with all the news of, yes, we've added blank, yes, we've added blank this week, that is the problem, one of the many problems that we have with developers at the moment is the wrong mentality towards game design. Granted, video games are one of those things that are unlike any other media in that you can update them. But the problem lies, I think, with thinking that just because something has been updated that it necessarily breathes new life into it. In a case like Overwatch, where it is a continuous improvement, it works, but not, you know, in all circumstances. So let's just get on to the reviews. First up, we have an Australian indie game, Recent. 
So I'm an Aussie. And yes, before we continue, it's Aussie. I know it's got a double S, but no one in Australia says Aussie. Just, just, yeah. I mentioned my nationality because honestly, the main reason I was interested in Resynth is because it was making the rounds at the Australian Game Developer Awards last year, which was around PAX Australia, AKA this podcast's origin story. It didn't win, but it got a couple of nominations for design awards. And now about nine months later, the bun has come out of the oven and is being sold on the Apple Store, rather than, say, a bakery. It was a bit of a shock, really. I looked up on my Twitter feed and just, it was announced. Anyway, I've uh, played some of the game, and it's going to be a short review because it's a mobile game, but let's just spoil it and say, yeah, it's all right. It's important, I think, to have a proper expectation, and in a shocking twist, I actually had a reasonable expectation. Woo, it looks like my half-elf games reviewer is finally leveling up. It's worth just putting this bluntly. Resynth doesn't really innovate in gameplay. You are a dude square pushing boxes onto spaces on a grid. It's about as unexpected a mechanic as press A to jump, really. But if you don't mind that kind of gameplay, there are some extra tassels here. We've got some revolving door kind of things. We've got some spaces that need to be unlocked before you put switches onto it. And you get high scores by doing it quicker or with less moves, which kind of keeps you in that mindset of trying to get better at this. Unsurprisingly, from the whole awards thing, the thing that I like about this is the design. So from its plain foundation, the game has some pretty cool interplay between the gameplay and the design. The framing device for the whole game is that the elements that you are moving around are elements in a drum and melody loop. The movable boxes are the synthesized melody, whereas the revolving doors are the various drum hits. As you move them into position, the loop starts to be filled in with the elements that you've put in the rightful place. But even the incorrectly placed pieces generate sound, albeit quieter, so you kind of have these dissonant chords that are moved around and give way to harmonious melodies. And it's just great, okay? It just gives a sense of resolution and coming togetherness of the level that you are doing. So Resynth, simply put, is a jigsaw for your ears. It isn't some grandiose revolution on the gameplay front, but it takes its very basic concept and it swings for the fences, so at least it deserves some credit. Good one, mate. See, because I'm Australian. And secondly, we have Abzu, a diving exploration kind of game. Oh, this is going to be a weird review, kids. It's worth establishing that I'm one of the few gamers still alive after the recent culling to have never played the much-loved Journey. Yeah, so I'm a bit of a heathen in that regard. But after you're done pointing and laughing at Sam, I bought an Xbox One Harkin, need I remind you that I bought a PC, so shut your console pleb mouth. So I played Abzu, which seems to be like Journey, with the exception of quite a bit more water. So let's start with a good, eh? If this and Journey had anything going for it, it's the design. It's worth saying that diving is pretty serene and I'm pretty jazzed about fish generally. I just kind of love swimming. It just hits the mark of the whole wonder and awe that this gaming niche is all about. In terms of the gameplay, mechanically, it isn't half bad. There's a bit of an adjustment period to the control scheme given that it is 99% diving. 
But when you get your head around it, it is fluid and it is lovely and it just contributes to the whole wonder and all thing I was just talking about. But it's worth noting that, at least for me, I think it really needs a directed experience. So yeah, it's story time. So you're a scuba diver slash Celtic cosplayer thing, because why tell the story when you can show it? And why show it when you can just... not? You're tasked with, uh, uh, yeah, you don't really have much of a story here. Maybe that's not entirely true. You get some conflict in the game and you get a pretty little resolution and it's very cool in that regard. But it's worth saying just up front that it is light in this department. I guess my main gripe is that the wide-eyed wonder can only work for so long. It's about half an hour, which can be around half the game, before we actually see a shift in tone and some genuine tension. Sure, you can argue it's a great counterpoint, we've had this lovely serene experience for half an hour and now there's tension, and the tension is amplified by how serene it is, duh, 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 duh. But, I mean, in this game there's just such large pockets where you're doing the same stuff without much going on. You can really only try and get me excited for new sea life, you know, a, a limited amount of times before I'm gonna start getting bored and before I'm gonna start questioning what I'm supposed to be doing. So, Abzu looks cool. It feels cool. The only issue to me is that it just, it just feels a bit too aloof. Maybe I shouldn't be caught up in the meaning behind it all. And maybe you should remember that this is a subjective review and don't tell me how to play my games. Okay, Peace out. so those are both of our reviews and that is the end of our show once again. Uh, thank you, as always, for all the support and all the love that you give me, viewers, and also the fantastic people at the AGPN, the Australasian uh, Gaming Podcast Network. So, yeah. Awesome. Thanks. I will see you guys in... Well, I won't see you and you won't see me because this is an audio podcast in two weeks. So, yeah. Awesome stuff to talk about.